0: Agravite brings you tea, chocolate bars, and luxurious beauty products derived from the Graviola plant of South America. Graviola is known for its abundance of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. The Graviola farm in Belize practices eco-friendly farming practices and has passed from generation to generation. To learn more about the Agravite brand, visit their website, www.agravite.com That's www.agravitae.com. T-A-E dot com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. It has been far too long since I've had this incredible man on the program. His name is Johnny Bowden. Johnny Bowden, PhD, CNS, is a board-certified nutritionist and a nationally known expert on weight loss and healthy aging. His no-nonsense, myth-busting approach has made him a popular guest on television. Dr. Oz at Doctors ABC TV, MSNBC TV, CNN, CBS TV, CBN, Fox News, NBC Today, and dozens of morning shows in America, and a popular speaker at venues ranging from Beijing University to the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. He is a best-selling author of The 150 Healthiest Foods on Earth, The Most Effective Ways to Live Longer, and the controversial book written with cardiologist Stephen Sinatra, The Great Cholesterol Myth. Today, Johnny and I are going to be talking about superfoods and something called graviola, which I've never heard of. So I'm super excited to jump into superfoods. Hi, Johnny. Hi, Lisa.
1: I'm so glad to be here with you.
0: It's so great to have you back. So I'm sure everyone's heard about superfoods. Before we get into specifics of different types of superfoods, what makes
1: them so super? And I'm saying the word super a lot. I want to kind of disempower that word a little bit. First of all, it doesn't have a definition. It's more of a marketing thing than it is anything else. (laughs) And it's kind of like the word supermodel. I mean, what right. made somebody a supermodel? They made a certain amount of money or they were very famous or whatever, but distinction is very small. And usually the term superfoods, they tend to use for exotic things that you can't get here. So you get all this big fuss about goji berries and no juice. They're, they're good. But I would want to bring people back to the reality that there are foods in our supermarket right now that are readily available. That you don't need to have exotic locations or a multi-level marketing company to sell you, such as blueberries and raspberries and strawberries and, and avocados and tomatoes. I mean, there's many, many fruits and vegetables that would make the cut. As far as superfoods go so so let's not think that there's something that isn't accessible to all of us and isn't right here under our noses in many ways. So you asked what the definition is. I would say to the extent that there is a definition, it's foods that provide nutritional or health benefits above and beyond what you would expect from just the nutrition facts label. So you look at nutrition facts label and it tells you the calories. Uh, and it tells you the number of carbs, the number of protein, number of fat, and stuff like that. And what it doesn't tell you is all the flavanols and the flavonoids and the catechins and the polyphenols, all these plant kingdom superstars that are anti-inflammatory and antioxidant and may have specific benefits on specific metabolic pathways. And those are what give a food the right to call itself a superfood, if you will.
0: Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, Johnny, but in 2019, I have I had a book that came out with Skyhorse Publishing called "Clean Eating, Dirty Sex." It's just a play on words; not about dirty sex, but it is about how to improve your sexual health with foods, movement, communication. And let me tell you, a lot of those foods that you listed, those foods are good for sexual health because they have the antioxidants and the flavonoids, and they help keep your blood vessels limber and keep that blood flow. And so there's so many benefits. And I, I learned so much doing that book and it's it's a fun way to to improve your sexual health for sure
1: well as long as you brought up sex
0: (laughs) yeah lisa
1: (laughs) i should have known but it's i'm glad that you brought it up because i am a big believer in the fact that we don't talk about it enough when we talk about health and well-being me too and i i want to just make the very brief case that what's good for the brain and what's good for the heart is also good for the sex life these are not independent units and i'd even include immunity in that So when we're talking about superfoods and we're talking about circulation and we're talking about uh, fighting oxidative damage, which slows us down and drains our energy, we are also talking about the very things that give us sexual vitality. Obviously, there's a huge mental component, but remember, the body and the mind talk to each other every single second of every single day. So it's not almost like, well, that's in your mind, but this is in your body because they're in a constant conversation. So taking care of your body and your gut in particular and all the things that help your brain and also help your heart is also very much part of uh of sexual health i'm i don't know if you can even air this but i want to tell you that there was a guy in my school in at clayton who wrote his phd thesis And he called it, and this is totally serious. And he almost got it published: the Dick Diet. (laughs) And and wait, now (laughs) before everybody hangs up and thinks (laughs) that that this was, it was a serious thing. There were no books out there addressing male sexual health in a way that talked about food and inflammation and all the things we're talking about now. And it was a very catchy title. He never got it published, but he did. It, you know, That's I'm not brilliant. sure why. But it, it was the idea was, yes, it was meant to be catchy and, and provocative. But the message of the book is exactly what you just said and exactly what I'm saying now. that it, sexual health is intimately tied to well-being in general and to health in general.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the mental health because in the book, I have a section on trauma and healing trauma. So you can eat all the blueberries you want, but if you have unhealed trauma that's keeping you from being able to, you know, have a healthy sexual, you know, relationship, then, you know, that's a whole nother story. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because there's so many good things that superfoods do. And one of them that we're talking about today, which I had just recently heard of, is called graviola. Tell us
1: about it. Yes, this is a very funny one because after I I was just talking about this on television i did two appearances last month in which we were talking about superfoods and superfruits and i actually showed graviola as an example and the irony was that i first gave the whole spiel that i gave you which is like folks we don't have to go to exotic locales to get these (laughs) great fruits they're right here in our in our supermarket and then i bring out this fruit that nobody's ever heard of but the it, it is a very interesting case in point Uh, Graviola is the fruit from which maybe the most delicious juice I've ever tasted in my life comes from, and it's called soursop juice. And Michelle and I discovered this when we went to Jamaica for the first time, 2012, and they serve it everywhere, and we're like, what is this?
0: Wait, sour sop. Sour
1: sock? sop spells exactly the way S-O-U-R-S-O-P. And that's what the juice is called. But it, the plant it comes from is Graviola. I didn't know that. We come back to the States. We go, we got to get the sour sop. Something. So where do you find it? You can't. You can't get it. And actually, we found one canned version of it, and they had added 51 grams of sugar. So that made it un- untenable. Oh, um, my God. And graviola, the plant, which is what makes this juice, is actually an incredibly rich superfruit with incredible... Incredible array of antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, flavanols, all the things we talked about. But there's a problem. You can't get it in the United States. And when I was talking about it on television, we actually have to have a model made of it, a 3D printer model made of it because we, it doesn't transport. It's, it's, its delicate constituents have to be extracted in the most conscientious way at the source. And it, does, it just doesn't travel. But This is the good news, and this is the only reason I even brought it up on on national television, was that like many superfruits and superfoods in general, they don't only have to be eaten in order to get their benefits. Let's just think about some examples we know of. Pineapple. Pineapple has this wonderful enzyme called bromelain, and everybody eats pineapple wanting the bromelain, but the bromelain's in the skin, folks. You have to get the enzymes oh, wow. extracted from that. You know, there's very little in the actual pineapple. Look at olives. We get olive oil from the olive and we get olive leaf extract from the leaf, right? And all of the skin creams that you've ever used that are any good at all have vitamin C. Why? Because they're extracted from their original sources and they're put into these skin creams. So that brings us back to graviola. Uh, unlike a lot of exotic fruits that we can't get here, there there are companies, one in particular, who are getting graviola right in Belize, right where it grows in its most perfect crop, uh, on huge, huge estates and growing these magnificent plants and then extracting the nutrients from them right there at the source in the most meticulous way and putting those nutrients into skincare into chocolate bars, which I know is a favorite of yours. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, and they take the leaves and make tea out of it. So much like what we just mentioned with Olive, you know, you can make – uh, products and foods from the olives, and you can take the leaves and make also incredible extracts. And that's exactly what they do. So not a lot of plants are, 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 are capable of making, you know, valuable things from both the leaves and the fruit, but they are, but Graviola is. And so we have these wonderful estate teas that have herbal teas, no caffeine, that have all these wonderful ingredients in them. And then we have the skincare. I wish that we were on video and I could show you how beautifully they're packaged. The company that, that is doing this, Agravita and they make this high-end skincare line that is just, you know, full disclosure, they sent me some samples. That's how I found out about it. But I get a lot of samples from a lot of companies. I'm sure you do too. And what happens is which ones stay on our bathroom shelf that we actually (laughs) use and which ones are like, yeah, well, let's give them away to people because, you know, we're just not going to use them. Thank you very much. And that one has just moved to the top of the shelf for me. Those Agravitae products are – there's a collagen booster that's vegan. You know, not that I'm a vegan. God knows, but but I mean, certainly a lot of clients are, and there aren't a lot of collagen boosters that are vegan. And this is a, a rich, wonderful cream, and there are emollients, and and um, there's an eye brightener that I love, and so all of these these products are wonderful, and they are ways to get the the magic of these superfruits. And one last thing about that, I will tell you that we we travel to the the tropics a lot, me and Michelle. And we go to St. Martin particularly. And I will say that we've observed in uh, many, 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 many visits that the people in the tropics, particularly where we go, have amazing skin. And here's the thing. In St. Martin, there are 81 different nationalities of every color and shape and orientation you can imagine. I mean, and they all have great skin. Now, part of that is how humid it is and how beautifully glowing that makes you. Part of it is that they don't just eat these foods. They make medicines out of them. They make powders out of them and ointments out of them. I mean, God knows Manuka honey which people pay astronomical amounts of money for, which is kind of amusing because all the value of amu- of a Manuka honey comes from putting it on your wound. It is an amazing wound healer. It doesn't do that much for you when you eat it. It's just a very delicious honey with a lot of good stuff in it, but it's not worth 10 times the price of another organic well, honey. That's good to its know. value is in using it as a medicine, as a wound healer. and And that's what a lot of the people in the tropics do with these fruits like graviola. They are medicines and ointments and Creams and teas, and and that's you know that's that's the magic of some of these foods. They're they're not just for eating.
0: Now, what is it about the superfoods? Is it the vitamin C? Is it the antioxidants and the flavonoids? Is that contributing to why they're put in skincare products or why they're so good for your skin?
1: Well, let me answer that in two parts because the first thing you said is is what what is it about is these things that make them superfoods? And I would say that much like friends foods have good points and bad points and some foods are superfoods for one thing like for example salmon is the greatest source of omega 3s you can think of it has no fiber right yeah okay True. uh bet- broccoli it's got sovarphiin it's got all of this amazing uh, you know indoles and all of that stuff not much protein not much fat So much like friends, you know, you got friends you want to go to a basketball game with. They're the best for that. But then you got friends you'll talk about your marriage with. That's a little bit of a different skill set. And we have to understand with superfoods, one food does not give you everything the human body needs. You'll see marketing schemes that'll tell you, yeah, this is the only food you have to eat. It's so perfect. You can just eat shakes of this. It's not true. So no food will give you everything. So that said, what makes them super in one category rather than the other. Well, we just mentioned omega-3s, a very high source. I would consider wild salmon a superfood by anybody's standards. What makes most fruits and vegetables superfoods or superfruits, or or very worth noting, let's just call them that, because I really don't like that category as a a distinction. But what makes fruits nutritious and foods nutritious is the array of vitamins, minerals, fiber, and phytonutrients. Phyto just means plants. Nutrients means things, chemicals that are found in plants that may not have RDAs attached to them. They may not have recommended daily intakes attached to them. We may not even know all the wonderful things they do. We only know some of them and we don't know how they work in synergy, but there is a combination of these, flavin- there's 4,000 flavonoids in existence that have been identified. So you can only imagine, you know, there's there could be 600 Carotenoids and just one thing that has a lot of beta carotene, that's only one of 600 different carotenoids, is alpha carotenoid and all of that. So we have to be respectful for how magnificent the plant kingdom is in terms of putting together these arrays of nutrients and some have a lot more than others. Eggplant is not a superfood. It's very delicious and it's (laughs) got a couple of good things in it, but you know, I'm taking three plants to a desert Island. Eggplant ain't one of them, you know? So again, again, the superfood thing is a kind of marketing designation, but it has some reality in that some foods are really outstanding in terms of the amount of stuff they have, them when I wrote the 150 healthiest foods on earth, I had to do double takes on the information on red chard. Oh wow! Who knew? I mean, that food nobody talks about red chard, and it's one of it is really truly a superfood. So I'm just saying, you know, there are some that that are just right in front of us that have an incredible array of vitamins and nutrients and fiber and phytochemicals. And you know we want to get those in heavy rotation in our bodies. What we don't want to think is that there's just one food. And if we could just eat that, we can keep eating junk food the rest of the time, but we're eating kale, so we'll be fine.
0: Now, what is it about graviola that is
1: good for your skin? Well, certainly the vitamin C. I mean, you know, but there's also all these flavonoids like Rutin and, and things like that that you often see um, that accompany vitamin C in both vitamin C supplements and in vitamin C when it's added to skincare. They often uh, put it with a little complex of the stuff it's usually found with. you. Maybe remember you're not old enough to remember there was a big phase in doing rose hips vitamin C. It was always oh, a bit of Yeah, okay, so that's the kind of thing where they, they kind of put it in a bed of the stuff it's found in. And Graviola just has a rich bed. You know, a lot of nutrients so that vitamin C is not isolated. It's really being helped by lots of synergistic flavonoids.
0: Right, and not only is it good for your skin, but you mentioned that the Agravite puts the graviola in dark chocolate, and then uses the leaves for tea. So, is it the the vitamin profile, the antioxidants, the phytonutrients in the graviola, and that adds to the chocolate that's dark, yes, and the- low sugar, and chocolate on a dark chocolate by itself is a great. I call that the superest superfood.
1: <laughs> well, it's in, it get it got us in my book the 150 healthiest foods on earth, which graviola is not in there because I didn't know about. It. When right. I in the last That's edition, great book, it would definitely be in there if, if we if we knew about it. But in the edition, the, even the most recent edition, dark chocolate got a star. Now, all the foods in that book are are excellent, excellent foods. The one hundred and fifty healthiest foods on earth, but some of them are like super, super, and I gave those foods stars. And dark chocolate's one of them. It's good
0: stuff. I also love my dark cherries. Love
1: dark cherries. I've been having,
0: yeah, some dark chocolate, just a couple squares of really dark, you know, 80 to 85 percent and a little bowl of cherries. That's like that's like my special summer thing, because where I live in the northeast, we'll get maybe two, maybe two and a half months of good cherries. And then that's it. Um, I also love watermelon. Mm. I know watermelon is actually really good for your sexual health, but I don't know about its profile in terms of – the things that we're talking about. Where would you put watermelon?
1: Well, the only reason watermelon isn't maybe higher on the list is because it's about eighty or ninety percent water. So there's not a lot per- percentage-wise. If you just looked at the fibrous part, it's probably you know pretty pretty high up. But there's so little of it because you're really consuming mostly water when you consume that. I did want to point out one thing about these ingredients, not just sure. with graviola, but with with all of the superfruits that and superfoods. Um, one thing that they're all heavy on is antioxidants and anti-inflammatories. And I call inflammation and oxidation the twin towers of cellular destruction. You know, when we wrote The Great Cholesterol Myth, we, we were all about the inflammation and the oxidation and a couple other things, you know, stress and sugar that add to aging and certainly diminish sexual health and, and well-being in every other way as well. So anti-inflammatories are very important to get in the diet. And yes, you can take anti-inflammatory supplements. I take a million of them. Uh, Omega-3s are top of the list. But you also want to eat as much as possible an anti-inflammatory diet. And what's an anti-inflammatory diet? It's a diet that has less inflammatory substances and more anti-inflammatory substances. And that is kind of the definition of the foods and the superfruits that we're talking about. The opposite of that would be potato chips, donuts, and sodas, and vegetable oils. These are very pro-inflammatory, and they're not at all anti-inflammatory, and we eat tons of these vegetable oils. They're in every single processed food that is in the supermarket. So when we're eating that diet, the standard American diet, with the uh, just the amount of processed foods uh, that we consume, and even in restaurant foods, all the canola oil they use and the soybean oil they use and all of these vegetable oils they contribute to a very inflammatory state in the body. And we just can't keep up with enough anti-inflammatories. When we shift our diet to more foods that are already front-loaded with the anti-inflammatories, a very Few pro inflammatories, well, we're doing a huge benefit for our body on every single level.
0: Yeah, it's so true. I found this product and I love it, but I have to learn how to make it with a different type of oil. So it's sunflower oil, which I know is terrible, uh, garlic, basil, lemon, and I think some sea salt or something. Boy, it's that all like sounds
1: scr- good. Can't you switch the oil?
0: I just need, yeah. So I bought it and I tried it and it's amazing. So I'll eat it once in a while. You know, I'm not going to never touch this, you know.
1: Can I make a note? Oh, sure. Let's put an underline on that. Now, the reason Lisa is saying sunflower oil is awful and and I agreed and we just went over it, but many people are asking why. Yeah, exactly. So so there are two essential fats that we need to know about that we must get from our diet, omega-6 and omega-3, and they are kind of the yin and yang of the inflammatory response in the body. Omega-6s are pro-inflammatory, omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Now, you might say, then let's not have anything that's pro-inflammatory, but think about your immune system and think about what happens when you get sick. You get a temperature, that's inflammation. Think about if you get a splinter and the area gets swollen up. That's inflammation. That's the inflammatory. That's that's your immune system surrounding the injured area, with micro. You know, trying to get uh, prevent a microbe from getting a hold and an infection from starting. And all of that, if the area swells, the white blood cells go down to the area. uh, You're you're swollen up with with pus and all of that stuff. That's the inflammatory response. You need that in order for your immune system to function. Problem is, it's much like first gear on a car. You want it to be there when you need it in an emergency, <clears throat> and then you want it to go back in hiding because you don't want a constantly inflamed situation any more than you right. want to cruise down the four or five in, in first gear. So we consume. So those two, think of those as two armies that you need in your body for health. Inflammatory army, they're ready to fight. The anti-inflammatory ar- ar- uh, army is ready to do the cleanup and the healing. Okay we are funding those two armies very unequally. We are funding about 16 times more to the inflammatory army than we are to the anti-inflammatory argument. All the studies that have been looked at our diet say we consume between 16 and 25 times more omega-6 than we do omega-3. It's not that there's anything wrong with some omega-6, but the proper ratio of consumption is one to one, and we're consuming 16 to one. So do the math. No wonder inflammation is an epidemic and part of every chronic disease. That's why we need anti-inflammatories, folks.
0: Yes, we do. And so for me, I eat a huge salad, a huge colorful salad every single day. I have vegetables at dinner. I eat almost nothing from a package. So if I want to have a little bit of this dressing until I figure out the rest, you know, how to make it, or I'm going to have it. Because right, right. It, there's a thing where I don't want, I used to be like almost orthorexic, and that's where you're overly concerned about every single thing you put in your mouth, and it's on the road to eating disorder.
1: you got to be careful, right? I, I agree with you, and I I want to underline it, if I may. Sure. I have always been a moderate when it comes to diet stuff. I am not an absolutist. I don't even follow my own diets exactly. I think that there's a collateral damage to that, the collateral uh, uh, problem, which is that people's mental health can suffer from it, and you can get too crazy about like a little bit of an ingredient, and you get too focused on the micro and not on the macro. So I'll give you a perfect example, agave nectar. The, the the sweeteners, are a terrible sweetener, folks. It's, it's it is high fructose corn syrup. It is on high fructose corn syrup on steroids. However, when I did some cookbooks with Chef Jeanette, uh, um, she did some recipes, some incredibly healthy recipes, like brownies made with uh, with uh, um, with beans and stuff like that, and they're just incredible. And she used a little bit of agave in that, and people wrote. Oh, you're you're, this is terrible. And it is terrible. (laughs) But she's using a drop of it to make an incredible recipe that you wouldn't eat without it. Do you know what I mean? And, And these little amounts are not what I worry about. What I worry about is the amount of high fructose corn syrup in every single thing from a hamburger bun to, you know, to anything that you would imagine that it's been added to. What I worry about is the wholesale use of of junky oils like canola oil and soybean oil and GMO oils and, oil and corn oil and all of that wholesale use in every processed food in every restaurant. That's, I don't worry about Lisa making this fabulously healthy, wonderful dessert that has a, you know, a tape, a, a, a teaspoon of sunflower oil in it.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's, I think that's the thing. It's funny you say that because I found this yogurt that I'm in love with. It's coconut milk. There's no thickeners. There's no stabilizers. It's creamy and has the best best texture ever. And they use a little bit of agave in it. It's very low because it's it's not very much, you know, you look at the sugar, it's very low. So, and there's, you know, natural sugar and coconuts, but I eat it anyway. I don't eat it every day, but I'll eat it.
1: I'm a big believer in a healthy relationship with food.
0: Yes. And you, oh my gosh, Johnny, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I would love to have you on monthly. I don't know what your schedule's like, but you are, you have so much incredible information and i just wanted to touch on Agravite again i definitely want people to check them out the
1: chocolate bars and i wish we were on video because i had a few of them here i was going to show but if you're thinking hershey's it ain't it. that <laughs> but it also <laughs> isn't the bitter like you mentioned 80% Coke. i can't eat that that is like it's that's almost like baking chocolate it's really good for you but it's oh my god there's no it's not like that either Right. It is like the best of cocoa infused with graviola. One of the bars, they call it a latte. They have a latte bar. They have an espresso bar and they have very slightly in flavor. One of them is infused with raspberries as well as graviola, you know? So they're kind of a unique taste. I, I think the closest we could call them is a chocolate slash coffee bar, but it's a very unique taste. And what I love about them, I keep them in my tennis bar in my tennis bag. And the reason is that I'm always, since I don't, I intermittent fast a lot. I don't eat my first meal till 1, 2 o'clock, and I play, you know, three hours of tennis before that. So I'm always looking for very low glycemic index snacks that will not break a fast, won't, you know, get my blood sugar up and won't make me want more of it, and it just takes the edge off the appetite. And I, I have found two. One is nuts, which I virtually live on, and the second are these amazing bars by Agravita, which is these cocoa... Um, chocolate if you will bars that they're they're just really extraordinary and half a bar is like that'll get me through a tennis match
0: well, wow, that's amazing. Well, I'm looking, they do, for people like me who like the 85%, they do have an 85% cacao bar and it has graviola and raspberry. And what I like about it is if you're not, like I don't drink coffee, um, I don't want, I get enough caffeine just from the chocolate. That's just me. And so it's nice that they have, they have different options. Yeah. But I, I oh my gosh, Johnny, you are so much fun to talk to and you know everything. I keep trying to tell
1: like, my wife just... that and she doesn't listen. Would you please tell her? <laughs>
0: And I have to send you my book. I think you'd really enjoy I'd it. Love but, it. Yeah, but at any rate, Johnny, you're so awesome. So I'm going to tell people to head to agravite.com I'm going to spell it a g r a v i t a e dot com and johnny where do we find you and all your great work
1: uh at johnny Bowden on instagram and my website is JohnnyBowden.com and i have a free course on an introduction to to intermittent fasting for those who want it it's downloadable right on the home page just go get it it's really good and uh just remember there's no h in johnny it's j-o-n-n-y
0: johnny you are the best thank you so much everyone keep coming back to health power rate review and subscribe